If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. So here we are at Horse Chats, the first of the month again. So 1st of November, we've got Sophie Barrington back again with some brilliant tips about equine marketing. She's a specialist in equine marketing at Arch Creative. How are you, Sophie? I'm great, thanks, Glenis. How's it going? Yeah, very good. Now, Sophie, we're talking tonight about 10 tips to get your horse business into the press. And I know we often talk about the term PR. So is this to do with PR? It's like, can you talk about PR? What is PR and how can it benefit us? Yeah, yep. So PR is an acronym. So it's short for public relations or it might even be called publicity, but public relations is essentially an all-encompassing term about generating stories um, that create excitement and interest ultimately in your business. Uh, but what's uh, important to understand about PR is it's the opposite of paid advertising. So unlike advertising where you have to pay for placement, public relations is typically more unpaid for. Uh, but it's also more effective than paid ads for a couple of reasons, and I'll just touch on three. So the first is PR is often more cost-effective than paid advertising and often has a far greater return on investment, or ROI. The second would be that a story has greater impact than an ad. It will often be remembered by more people for a longer period of time. And the third would be there is a high level of credibility attached to a story written about your business rather than one that you write about yourself. Okay, so just talking about, you know, just to get my head around this, we talk about marketing and advertising, marketing having a long-term effect and advertising, you know, it's almost like, well, that's the ad, I've seen it. Is this more marketing than advertising? I would say so. It's really a blend. And even the term marketing can cause some confusion because marketing is the 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 strategy behind how you position your business, everything from the colors to your logo, right through to the words that you use, and also understanding your target audience. PR is, is very similar in the sense that it is uh, an all-encompassing term. It means quite a broad number of things, but essentially the crux of PR, public relations when done well, is generating interest and creating buzz around your business. And that might be using more traditional forms like the media, which we do cover here, um, but also looking at some other emerging channels as well, um, which I'll start to delve into as we go further into the interview. Okay, good, good. All right, getting into the interview, we've got five do's and five don'ts, which it's sort of a style you've adopted, Sophie. It's almost like, we, you know, because we usually go with the tens, but, you know, you're giving us just lots and lots of information. So we've got do's and don'ts. So the first mm-hmm. one, the first do is get clear on your goals. Mm-hmm. So goal setting is always something that I return to. I think in every interview I've done on Horse Cat Show, <laughs> I've probably talked about goals. Yep. Um, and it's always beginning with the end in mind. It's always really crucial to have a really clear idea of why you're doing PR. I think that's really important because it is something um, that is quite broad and is a long-term approach as well. So you really need to think quite deeply on this. But 
But basically, when done right, PR is one of the most powerful ways to help you build influence, authority, and even awareness. Now, it might sound really exciting, this idea of, you know, generating buzz and getting into the media and things like that. I would actually say that it should be used quite strategically and even sparingly at times for the greatest effect as well. Um, But essentially, before you start any kind of formal PR campaign, you definitely want to return to your goals. So get really specific about the outcomes you want to achieve. Now, for example, one reason to obviously look at generating some publicity is if you have a new product. So you might be on the precipice of launching a new product um, into the Australian horse industry. So sales, uh, without a doubt, are going to be the number one priority. But there are a number of other metrics that you might want to also measure as well. So you might also measure success on how many, how much website you generate, if you build any more subscribers to your email list, if you gain new followers on social media. So there's not just immediate sales that you want to measure, but you might also look at audience and influence as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I know we talked about this one before. You know, you talked about where your customers are, you know, because obviously if we were talking about the horse industry, we're not going out to the general population. We're looking at the horse industry. And that's number mm. two is start where your customers are. So where's the best place mm. to start looking for the customers? Mm, mm. Okay. So I'll kind of start a little bit back from that. So what I want to be really clear on is that when we think of public relations or PR, you know, often the first thing that comes into our mind is newspapers and magazines. We often think of those more traditional forms of media. Um, that being said, it's really important when you're thinking about potential ways to generate buzz about your business um, that you actually become really aware of what your customers are reading, what they're watching, what they're listening to, and also who they might be following. So traditional newspapers and magazines, along with TV and radio, they're just one area that you might want to consider. Um, And there are certainly channels of those varieties in the horse industry. Um, But you might also want to think about bloggers, bloggers which are video bloggers on YouTube and other influencers, even industry websites, streaming channels or celebrities. So the way I would really kind of really kind of dumb this down and make it really clear is the best way to kind of begin with understanding where your customers are is just to simply run a short survey. So you might even want to have a look at using something uh, like SurveyMonkey, which you can use for free, um, to essentially survey just a small segment of your customers. So even just 10 or 50 people or businesses, they're probably going to give you a pretty good glimpse into um, what media they're really um, interacting with. And they might be the more traditional forms of media, they might be social media, or they might be more online forms of media. All right. Now, the next one, because you've talked about a survey and you've also talked about a free survey. And I think for someone, you know, most equine businesses are small businesses. So we're always looking Mm. at where to cut costs. So free surveys are good. But you've also got here, go deep with your research. What sort of research are we looking at? How can Mm. we go deep Mm. with it? Yes. So here, what I really wanted to bring attention to is when you start to determine the the media that your audience is consuming, and and by audience I mean your potential customer base. So just going back to the idea of a you know an equine business that's in the startup phase or launching an additional product um, out to the market. Once they've actually understood where their customers are and what type of media they're engaging with, so you also what you essentially want to do here is actually start shortlisting those options down. So I'm just going to go back to 
the idea of the more traditional media. So, for example, publications. So print and online magazines um, in the horse industry might be one of the areas that you want to target. So you have to think really deeply about um, the publications and the media outlets that you do want to target, as well as individual influencers. They definitely can be an option as well. But you need to really think about how editors and journalists and influencers get bombarded with hundreds of emails every day. And a lot of them contain press releases that are really easily archived or even deleted. So you need to get to know the publication and that means reading, watching or listening to their latest stories. And the same goes with influencers on social media. There are definitely opportunities there to explore as well. And this is really important because it's all well and good to do a press release. But if you haven't really thought about what the publication is all about and also, you know, the particular editor or journalist, for example, might be approaching, you want to kind of dig deep and kind of understand what they really focus on uh, their tone and other nuances about the publication that make them unique. So really understanding that and actually consuming some of their latest stories is a great way to start in your approach. And the second thing is also finding the right person to contact. So digging deep into research, you know, it means more than just sending off a press release to the general info ash or inquiries at email address, but actually doing your best to actually find out who the contact person should be that you should reach out to. And by that, I mean grabbing their full name, getting their email address and getting a phone number if you can as well. And if you're not too sure about this, the best thing to do is call the publication or get in contact with the media outlet and get the name and number off the phone. Uh, what you also need to think about is... Um, you can also explore the idea of going deep in your research and understanding the actual individual that you're trying to contact. So this might mean having a look at their social profiles and really understanding what makes them tick. By doing that little bit more research, you can start to think about how you can set yourself apart and not just be one of many other press releases in their inbox. Okay, good, good. Now, to do that, I suppose that's where you're writing a compelling story comes in. Now, how can we write a compelling story? And this is point number four about writing a compelling story. How do you write one? You know, because we're not all journalists or editors. Is it should it be funny, serious, research-based? How do we make something that's going to stick around? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's a great question. So it's really important to put on a bit of a journalist hat, to be quite honest, when you're writing a press release. Uh, press releases should definitely be kept to one page, if possible, one and a half pages maximum. You don't want to really go beyond any length further than that. But really, the first place to start is to think about who, what, where, when and how. So answering the four W's and the one H, which you're basically taught when you are uh, studying to become a journalist. So your first sentence or paragraph should actually essentially tell the whole story or the most important part of the story without needing to go further and reading the entire press release. So it's not so much about being clever or about necessarily being funny. It's just really important to get that attention uh, straight away from the journal. That's really critical. If you can't get that, you've kind of already missed the boat. So the best press releases not only do that, but they also generate a win-win. So they're good for you and your business. They're good for the publication and they're also good for the reader. So that means they're going to be interesting for their audience. Mm -hmm. Anything less than that is just simply not going to get published. 
So there's a few ways that you can start to approach generating a press release. So one way to look at this is to actually comment on a wider trend or issue and then link back subtly to your business. What you don't want to do is have a press release that's too self-promotional. Otherwise, it's going to be considered what's called advertorial and you're going to have to pay for that kind of promotion. So one other way that you can really generate some interest is by focusing on an angle that's unusual, rare, or unexpected. So if we go back to this idea of a startup with a new product, it might be that they've developed a product that is actually extremely unique or answers and solves a problem um, to something that hasn't been done before in the horse industry or maybe does something in a different way. So the product itself might actually be the angle, but sometimes you might want to think about wider issues and then bring it back to your business. All right, good, good. So we've got the compelling story and then we've got to do a complete press release. How do we go about that, creating a complete press release? We've got a new product, we'd like to release it. Should it be like a release? Yeah, explain it to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So something um, to think about here is timing is everything. So if you do have a product that is coming out to the market, don't wait until the week before it obviously is going to be launched. You must start generating relationships with any form of media or influencer contact weeks, if not months in advance. At the end of the day, relationships can certainly take, you know, many months to build. And it's really important to start establishing those as early on as possible. So if PR and generating interest through the media um, is going to be one of the elements that you use when you launch a product, you want to be very, very prepared and start that process early. So when I talk about a complete press release, as I mentioned before, a press release ideally should be one page in length. It may go over one and a half pages, but typically speaking, when I say one and a half pages, that's going to be what's going to be at the bottom of the press release. So details like your contact information, uh, the media representative who they who the media can reach out to, as well as any you know additional research and the footnotes um, that you would like them to be aware of when reading a press release. So you want to keep it quite concise, um, but you certainly want to think about how can you make the job really easy for someone who receives your press release for them to then tell your story. So not only writing the actual physical press release, but also thinking about attaching your logo, uh, including images. Images are obviously a great way to get some attention. You know, a blank piece of paper you know, which is just black words on a white piece of paper is certainly not going to get as much attention um, as an image that can really grab you in. If you're offering any sort of free demos or trials or samples with your product, that's obviously something you want to promote as well. And then any relevant link. So definitely a link to your website and also a link to your social media profiles if that's important to your business. Mm -hmm. And then like I mentioned, at the bottom of the press release, you know, your contact details, any research, and just a bit of a general blurb about your business. The press release isn't meant to be just about your business, but you can certainly tell your business's story in those footnotes at the bottom. Okay, good, good. So ideally, all you've got all these do's on the PR. And this is, I mm. suppose, where people want to share. If there's something that they think is a good story, something a bit unique, they'd like to share it with their friends. Would that be an ideal situation? you know, to have something like that, a story that everyone wants to share, something that's gone viral? Mm, mm. Well, social media is certainly a form of media. So Mm. like I mentioned before, you know, PR isn't just typically staying within the constraints of 
traditional media outlets that we're all quite familiar with, but also looking at social, there is certainly a huge argument to be made for aligning with influencers uh, to tell your story. And, you know, a press release, again, is kind of the standard when we think of PR, um, but certainly there are other ways that you can create content um, that could go viral. So that might be um, a video format, for example, um, or a great campaign that goes viral. Now, these things might teeter on slightly different areas than, than typical PR, but any kind of opportunity um, that you can use for someone else to tell your story and create that hype and that excitement about your business and your brand, that essentially is PR. It's positive storytelling about your business. Okay, good, good. So we've got five don'ts to do. What can we do about the don'ts? The first one is unrealistic expectations, so not to set unrealistic expectations. What would be an unrealistic expectations? Mm-mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think unrealistic expectations often is expecting immediate results. So like I mentioned before, generating relationships, building relationships, they don't happen overnight. Uh, even sending off the most perfectly polished press release is not necessarily going to get attention straight away. Certainly, if you've done it very, very well, it should get a response within a couple of days. But the reality is, you know, you are competing against um, a lot of other people telling their story. And if you think about, you know, the typical day, the standard day of a journalist, are quite busy and they're bombarded with emails um, day in, day out. So you do need to continue to kind of cut through and get your story heard. So if you do spend a lot of time obviously perfecting your PR campaign, it may not produce immediate results. It might take some time. So you do have to continue building those relationships you know, and be prepared to be a little bit patient. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, you should receive a response relatively quickly if, if the media outlet or the influencer is interested in picking up on your story straight away. But it's also really critical to remember uh, that media outlets, typically the traditional media outlets, they're working many weeks and if not months in advance. So just because you're ready to tell your story now doesn't mean that it's going to be featured straight away. So like I said, it's really important if you do have a, a timeline that you have to meet, for example, a product launch, you need to be prepared early. Uh, although if you do create a story about your business Um, that is that kind of wider trend or topic that you're wanting to discuss, you may actually find that it is no harm having it featured in the media a little bit later down the line. You might find that with the opportunities that it brings you, that you actually get featured in the media when it's actually quite timely or as part of a feature um, that brings some really good exposure to your business. So it's just being very much proactive and really thinking ahead is what's really critical. Okay, so making sure the planning's happening there. Now, Mm. number two is don't be too difficult to contact. Yes, so you've obviously spent so much time on your PR campaign, so don't slow down on the last turn and be difficult to reach. So make sure you always answer your phone. Even if you can't answer the phone, make sure you always return your phone calls. We all are extremely busy and obviously phone calls are going to get missed from time to time. If you do have someone who's picked up on your story and wants to share it, don't make their life difficult by being difficult to contact. So make sure you return those calls if you can't answer calls straight away. The same goes for emails. The same goes for Facebook messages or any other way that someone reaches out to you. Get back to them as quickly as possible. If anyone requests to do something more formal, like an 
interview, we'll work with you on actually developing out your PR campaign further. Make time in your schedule to accommodate them, even if your job is demanding. I know for a lot of horse businesses, we all feel quite under the pump and very time poor, and we all have lots of conflicting deadlines. But if you want to get the best out of all this PR exposure you're starting to build, you definitely don't want to drop ball and obviously make it more difficult. You want to really jump on it straight away and, uh, and follow on and follow through on that media exposure as quickly as possible. Good, good. All right, so don't limit yourself to opportunities is number three. How could we limit ourselves to opportunities? So I guess I guess fundamentally we all miss opportunities that are right in front of us. So one kind of example that I could touch on here would be if you get press coverage in a local paper, uh, even though you might be vying for national coverage. So a local presence may actually work really well if you're a local business. So it's really not cutting off your nose to spite your face. If you're putting yourself out there to multiple opportunities, it's keeping an open mind. Like I said earlier, a press release that generates a win-win is really going to help to get you cut through um, the crowd and get the attention of any kind of media or influencer. So the same goes for working with them on on telling your story um, in the right kind of format as well. And the same goes for print and online. So one big challenge that a lot of horse businesses will face, particularly if you look at print media, your, your newspaper or your magazine, and, and obviously by magazine, I really do reference magazines in the horse industry. But a lot of those publications, even though they have a print print version, they also have websites and often they have blogs. And the reality is it's probably going to be a lot easier to get some exposure online than it is in print. And that's just simply because there's more scope and more potential and more space online. You know, a printed magazine, you know, some of the major titles like Horse Deals and Equestrian Life, I've obviously known um, the staff at those publications for several years and they only have so much room in printed magazines. So they have to be extremely selective. Um, about what gets covered in print. So going for online options is certainly a great thing. And there are advantages that come from both print and online. But looking at online, one big thing is SEO. So looking at how you can get those links back to your website. And this is something that we touched on just recently um, on Horse Chat. So definitely go back to that interview. So again, also, what I would add here, actually, in terms of not limiting yourself to opportunities, is thinking outside the box when you're building those relationships with the media as well. So, you know, you might find that, unfortunately, you develop a press release, you send it out to a couple of media outlets and nothing happens. And that can be really disappointing and it can certainly feel like a waste of time and money. But you've also got to think about how else could you add value to those relationships with media or with influencers. So looking at the media as just an example, there's a few things you could do. So you could make yourself available as a new source. So let's think of an example, for example, a an equine veterinarian or a nutritionist. You might want to be seen as someone who's got an authority and you might put yourself out there to be someone that could be quoted um, as a source in major stories. You also could think about inviting local media to your events. So if you're doing that product release, I would highly encourage you 
to include some local media um, to attend. You could engage with journalists or with influencers on social media and obviously not in a stalker capacity but simply in a nice, (laughs) friendly, helpful way uh, and just start to engage with them slowly. Don't obviously do it all at once. Maybe like or share a post every now and then and slowly, slowly um, start your approach if that's the way you want to go. And even sending them products to review, that could be a great way to get some exposure um, and some interest in a product that you offer. Just make sure it's not a bribe. You only really want to offer something for them to review, not necessarily make them feel like they're accepting a gift. So there's a bit of a um, bit of a grey area to consider there. Uh, most of the time, you should be relatively safe if you have the best intentions. Okay. Okay. Good. Yep. And and I think that goes back to it does take a little bit of time to develop those relationships. And you've sort of said that a few times in this interview, and I know you've said it in the past. Mm. You can't just go in there and bulldoze people over. No, no. And, and I think that is really touching on that, actually, Glennis. That would be, you know, one of the unrealistic expectations as well. I don't think we can expect that people are immediately going to want to hear from us. Um, and, you know, when we do a PR campaign or really any, any form of marketing where ultimately we're trying to get exposure for our business and we're trying to make sales, whether it's for a product or a service. You know, we do have our own best interests at heart, but, you know, we also have to think about the other party. Mm -hmm. And that always comes back to building the relationship and adding value and seeking to be helpful first. And then the good things will hopefully follow. Yep. Yep. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. Then the next one you've got is a blanket press release. So don't send out a blanket press release. How would that happen? And how can we, I suppose, change the press release to suit the person that we're sending it to? Mm-mm. Now, I do want to mention here that a lot of small equine business owners um, have even come to me with this request from time to time. Now, I will actually say that I have done a single press release on occasion for a business. And I do have to add that it actually has been successful. So I have done single press releases and then distributed those to a handful of publications and generated some interest and actually generated some editorial opportunities. But it's not really something I would advocate for. Um, And I guess the reason I would say that, I guess fundamentally, if you're telling the same story to multiple publications or influencers, not only might you miss the mark in the sense of appealing to their audience and their tone and, and what they're all about, but also you might actually end up tarnishing or even burning some relationships if they find that they've had their story also run elsewhere. So that's just something to be really mindful of. Um, but typically a blanket press release is one press release that's obviously sent to multiple individuals or publications. So essentially, you know, it can definitely make you look lazy, but I think it really fails to build those long-lasting relationships that are so important. So it's obviously a bit of a cost cutter um, just doing the one press release, but ideally what you really want to do is work on adapting each press release um, to suit the end party that you're trying to reach. And and what I would say here, if you are a little bit strapped for cash and you want to kind of dip your toe in the PR pool before you jump right in, I would say really be very selective around where you'd like to get some media exposure, maybe just choosing two or three publications and only developing two or three press releases. That way you're not doing something that's too expensive and complicated and, and starting to kind of build that relationship 
and working on generating interest with them first. And then you can always move on and try some other outlets if you need to. All right. Good, good advice. All right. Now, number five, number five in the don'ts, which is actually number 10 in the 10 tips to get your horse business into the press is don't trade short-term gains for long-term relationships. And I think this is like, it's almost like a life skill, isn't it? It's not just about Mm. getting your horse into the press, about trading the short-term gains for the long-term. But yeah, if you'd like to talk about how this would happen and what's available in the long-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I certainly agree that we've definitely touched on, you know, the idea and the importance of relationships mm. throughout this interview. And certainly, you know, it has come up in many interviews in the past. So ultimately, business is all about relationships and we can't ever ignore that. You know, we are, we might be B2B businesses or B2C businesses, but we are also P2P and that's people to people. So, you know, relationships really do come first. And I think that we're all savvy enough and smart enough to know when someone is operating on their own accord and doesn't really necessarily think about benefiting both parties. So I guess tying into that is PR is also a two-way street. So what you want to be aware of when you are starting to consider PR for your horse business is is not just about telling your story, but it's also remembering that publications and influencers, they want to show that they have their finger on the pulse of the horse industry um, as just as much as you want to generate interest in your products or services with excellent PR. So it's really just thinking about how you can make the relationship and the win-win work for both parties. So I definitely would encourage you um, to be thinking about how you can build relationships and having that long-term plan in place. And I think one of the easiest ways to do this and what actually might be really helpful um, to horse businesses as well, if you're not too sure about using someone's services to represent you in a PR capacity. So for example, someone like Archer Creative, it might seem a little bit overwhelming at first to to talk to a, a PR consultant or a PR agency. You might be a bit worried about how much it's going to cost and if you're going to get taken for a ride. So one of the things I'd actually say is if there are particular publications or influences that you're interested in eventually infiltrating in the future, I would actually encourage you to get in touch and just ask for their advice. So ask the questions to understand what they're all about, what type of stories they're interested in, um, you know, what they're looking for in terms of upcoming features. And, you know, if you're talking to influencers, there might be seasonal things to discuss or, or certain, you know, celebratory times of the year where it's really a great opportunity to kind of piggyback on those opportunities and, um, and get your story um, out that way. So I really would encourage people to just simply ask the question, send off a friendly email um, and introduce yourself. That's one of the easiest things you can do. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. Great advice, actually. Yeah. All right. So can we just go back over these 10 tips? So it's 10 tips to get your horse business into the press. We've got five do's, five don'ts. So just in a sentence or two, if you can just go through and uh, I'll talk about each point. So the main point's about get clear on your goals. Mm-hmm. So getting clear on your goals is being aware of the end goal. Why are you wanting to do PR in the first place? It might be sales and it probably will be sales, but also thinking about other forms of goals to build your audience and to build your influence. Okay, good. Now, the next one is start where your customers are. So beginning where your customers are is looking at what they're reading, watching, listening to, or even following. So we might think of PR as traditional media. By that, I mean 
newspapers, magazines, TV and radio, but you might actually find they're reading blogs, they're watching YouTube and they're following influencers on social media, just to name a few. Yes. All right, number three is go deep with your research. So there's two elements to this. Going deep with your research is not just thinking about once you've identified those outlets, those channels that you'd like to eventually get your exposure in, but also thinking about really taking some time to um, understand and actually read, watch or listen to their stories to pick up on the topics, the tone and the other nuances and also identifying the right person to talk to. So not just sending a blanket press release to a generic email address, but actually finding an individual that you can build a relationship with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, number four in the do's is write a compelling story. Tell us about writing a compelling story, Sophie. So writing a compelling story, really tap into your inner journalist. Um, you certainly need to if, if, if you're prepared to write your own press release. So your first sentence or paragraph tells the story in a nutshell, the who, what, where, when, why and how. So looking at those W's and that one H to get their attention in the headline and the first sentence or two is really crucial to writing a compelling story. But not just talking about your business, your product or your service, um, but finding an angle that's unusual, rare or unexpected or commenting on a wider trend or issue and then linking it back to your business in slightly more subtle ways. Mm. And I like the win, win, win there, you know, winning for yourself, winning for the editor and winning for the people that are reading that. So I thought that was quite good. Yes, absolutely right. Mm. Now, number five in the 10 tips to get your horse business into the press is create a complete press release. A complete press release is not just a compelling story told over one page, um, but also making it really easy for someone to share your story. Some press releases actually will get into the media without having any changes made to them. So by this, I mean attaching your logo, attaching images, offering a free demo trial or sample if you have a product, for example, and any relevant links. So linking to your website, linking to your social media channels. Uh, You might also want to consider that are adding some information about your business to give them some background, um, including any footnotes of research um, that you mention in your press release and certainly giving them a contact person uh, to reach out to when they want to share your story. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. All right, number six, and this is going on to the don'ts now, is don't set unrealistic expectations. Yes, the biggest one is expecting instantaneous results. We certainly all want them, but it doesn't mean we're all going to get them. So looking at how you can build relationships and really be prepared. So relationships take time and preparation requires a little bit of prior thought and action to get yourself organized. So one of the biggest things is if you have a time-sensitive story, for example, you're releasing or launching a product, it's really important that you're actually starting to build up that story and those relationships months, if we well, weeks, if not months in advance to give yourself that time um, to get into the media. Mm-hmm. All right, number seven, and we've got another don't. Don't be too difficult to contact. 
Yes. So if you do get some calls back regarding your press release or any other form of content um, that you may have sent to a media outlet or an influencer, definitely don't slow down on the final turn and be difficult to contact. Try and answer your phone when it rings. If you can't answer your phone and you may not you may to all the time because we're all human, always return missed calls or at the very least return an email. So make sure you're easy to contact. If they for an interview or anything more formal um, to discuss your story, make time in your schedule no matter how busy you are. Okay. Number eight in the tips to get your horse business into the press is don't limit yourself to opportunities. So here I want to just bring some attention to in an open mind. So looking at the opportunities that are, are available, you know, outside the realm of traditional press coverage. So for example, you might be wanting to get press coverage in one of the, the major high-end glossy equestrian magazines in Australia. And that may not be possible due to the limitations of print. So in this instance, you might be considering how you can get exposure through their website or through blogs. So ultimately, it's just being open to opportunities and doing the best to work in with what suits their schedule in terms of features uh, and coverage as well. And then thinking outside the box in terms of building relationships so you might not necessarily get immediate interest from your press release, but you might consider how you can build relationships by putting yourself out there as a news source, inviting media to your events, engaging with journalists and influencers on social media, and sending them your product to review. All right. I think all this advice, I'm making some notes here, but very good for horse business owners. Number nine in uh, getting your horse business into the press is don't send a blanket press release. Mm -hmm. So a blanket press release, um, as the name suggests, is a single press release unchanged that is sent to numerous outlets. You might send it to five, you might send it to 50. It can work and it certainly has worked um, in my own business for some of my clients when they are quite limited with their budget and we want to help them, but it's not something I would advocate for. So I really encourage you to think about how you can make your press release and your story altered to fit in with the publication or the influencer that you're trying to appeal to. So not just looking at how you can cut costs, um, but being quite creative. And if you are a little bit burdened by a small uh, budget, then you can certainly think about just targeting two or maybe three outlets first and just being really selective and expanding from there as your budget allows. All right. More great advice. Okay. Number 10 now in tips in getting your horse business into the press is don't trade short-term gains for long-term relationships. Yes, and as we've talked about, business is all about relationships. So PR is a two-way street. So making sure that as much as you want to generate interest and buzz for your business, that you're also thinking about the best interests of the publications and influencers that you're reaching out to. They want to make sure that they have their finger on their pulse and they're the first to tell the story to the horse industry. So you want to help them do that. And that's that means thinking about how your story is actually going to be of interest to their readers or their followers. All right. Look, this educational advice from Sophie Barrington from Archer Creatives, who are the experts in equine marketing, really good for horse business owners, horse business managers. You know, anyone that's thinking about that may not even have their horse business might be, you know, working in a job that's got nothing to do with horses, but they just dream of being able to work with horses, work for themselves. I think start taking notes, listen to all these series because this is series number seven 
and Sophie's been coming on for the first of the month or, you know, the first weekday of the month for the last seven months. So I think go back, listen to quite a bit of this advice because they really complement each other. So doing a great job here, Sophie. I'm sure it's very educational. Yeah, I'm sure people are loving it, just lapping it up. So Sophie, if people need to contact you, how can they contact you? I should also say the details will be on horsechats.com slash Sophie Barrington 7 or any of Sophie's or go to horsechats.com, search for Sophie. But Sophie, if someone's there ready and waiting, what contact details have you got for them? Yeah, thank you, Trinity. Archer Creative is the name of my business. So you can find us at www.archercreative.net.au. If you'd like to get in touch, it's 1300-077-126 or you're very welcome to give me a call on my mobile, which is 0432-972-215. I do use that for personal and professional use, so you're very welcome to reach me there. My email address is sophie at archercreative.net.au. And if you are actually on LinkedIn, uh, you're very welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. So just search for Sophie Barrington and you will find me there. I do try and share tips and regular advice about marketing the equine business um, on social media as well as the website. And you can subscribe to our newsletter via the website as well. Just scroll down to the Twitter. Um, I will mention here uh, with Horse Chat Show and my involvement with Glenish. Um, I am regularly uh, sending out emails uh, promoting the latest podcast. So if you're if you're having for some reason any difficulties and want to have anything delivered directly to your inbox, um, you can expect to receive every single podcast link sent to you, and that way it's super super easy um, to find those and and jump on and have a listen. Okay, thanks, Sophie. That's brilliant. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you again next month. So great talking to you. Bye bye. Perfect. Thank you, Glenna. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.